Welcome once again to the Conflict Dynamics podcast series. My name is Vanessa Boerta, and I'll be hosting today's discussion with Siham Boda on the important and challenging topic of social justice in the workplace. Siam has practiced as a consultant in the corporate and public sectors for over 20 years, where she's gained much experience in dispute management and forensic investigations across a wide range of industries. So matters pertaining to social justice in the workplace have been a particular focus of hers. She's an independent dispute resolution practitioner and has mediated many disputes, drawing upon her legal, her corporate and investigative experience to deliver effective resolution on these notoriously tricky matters. Siam, it's lovely to have you with us and on that side of the microphone today. Thank you for joining us for this discussion. I'm looking forward to having this conversation, Vanessa. Excellent. Well, let's jump right into it. So social justice in the workplace, very topical at the moment. And I'm wondering what you see as the current themes emerging in workplaces pertaining to this issue of social justice in the workplace. Vanessa, within this South African context, um, I've noticed themes around racism and gender discrimination, harassment, bullying, access by people who have disabilities and also people who are suffering from mental health concerns. So those are generally the themes that I'm seeing emerging and often they're not unrelated. So often you find people who are suffering from harassment also struggle with mental health conditions, et cetera, emerging from potentially dysfunctional workplace. So you see a lot of these issues coming up, especially post-COVID. People do struggle to figure out how to address it because it sometimes does feel very subjective. One, one person perhaps considers bullying, another person considers banter or camaraderie. So it does become very difficult to navigate the space. I must say, in my experience as well um, of working with clients in our industry, some of the stories and the, the nuance that arises in such situations can be incredibly challenging. What kind of complexities do you see HR practitioners or perhaps other relevant role players facing when they need to address such matters in the workplace? You know, Vanessa, it's often how people respond to conflict in a workplace. When you finally do get commissioned or briefed to respond to a matter, what one party will often say is, look, I've been reporting this for ages and nothing has been done. So it's often the usual response of avoidance, um, hoping the matter will go away and sometimes accommodating behavior that is not necessarily productive or acceptable in a workplace, mostly because people feel really ill-equipped in terms of how to respond to these matters. Sometimes certain organizations take a very robust approach and they'll launch a forensic investigation into a report. And sometimes that is um, being a little bit overzealous, also because forensic investigators don't necessarily have the skills 
to deal with a report of sexual harassment or racism. And they take a, a very robust approach to deal with it, which isn't necessarily the most effective approach when dealing with workplace matters of this nature. So often we find that, you know, HR practitioners just don't know what to do with some of these matters, especially when you're dealing with reports against very high-ranking officials. I mean, I don't know if you've seen in the newspapers recently in the Formula One circuit, there's quite a well-known celebrity who has an allegation of harassment against him. So, you know, how organizations approach these matters can have very long-term effects in terms of the reputation of that organization as well. And of course, the career of individuals. So they do sometimes struggle in terms of how to respond effectively because they need to be supportive of a complainant in a matter, but they also need to be cognizant of the rights of the person who has been alleged to have committed an, um, a certain offence or breach of policy. So they do really struggle in how to respond. And there's very few organisations that I can think of off the top of my head that do so in a productive way. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, I must say, I concur. When you look at the example that you've raised, it really just illustrates how pervasive and you know widespread this challenge is. But on that note, are there perhaps maybe one or two cases that you've been personally involved in recently that you might be able to share with us? Of course, keeping the detail anonymous due to the sensitivity of this subject matter. Fortunately, uh, Vanessa, there are so many cases, they're, they're fairly numerous at this stage. Um, so it's more a case of which ones do I pick to share that the listeners might find interesting. I had a case toward the end of last year where there was a female engineer who worked in the motor industry. She was competent and had a very forthright manner in terms of how governance issues should be approached. And that wasn't really welcomed in this um, environment, which was largely male dominated. And she reported a grievance in terms of uh, harassment and feelings of victimization. And the response she got was a disciplinary was lodged against her for, for various reasons that really couldn't be substantiated, but it really made her working life very uncomfortable and difficult. And she chose to rather exit the organization rather than have that fight and have her reputation tarnished in any way. So we see things like that happening. I had another instance of uh, an allegation of sexual harassment uh, of quite a high-ranking official in an organization. And when we unpacked it and I was appointed to investigate that matter, not mediate that matter. When we conducted the investigation and I was speaking to the complainant in the matter, what we found out was that this person actually wanted a form of compensation and the entire matter was vexatious. But it had caused enormous harm to the person who was alleged to have committed this offence. Those are just two examples of when a matter isn't dealt with properly. You've, in the first matter that I mentioned, there was a loss of a highly competent, skilled person in an industry that is struggling in South Africa. So, you know, just in terms of an economic impact. 
in the second matter where the case was referred to an investigation prior to that, this individual was suspended and it was done quite publicly within the organization. So he suffered quite significant reputational harm, which was very difficult to remedy post the fact when it was found that it was a vexatious claim. Going back to what we said initially, how we respond to these complaints becomes very important on the part of HR practitioners. Indeed, that's exactly what I was just thinking as I was listening to you describe that particular case. It really does speak to the level of skill and technique, if one can put it that way, uh, that is required of people facing these situations and needing to address them. Also, what, what really stood out for me in terms of the first example that you gave was the risk of the loss of good people when these situations are not handled effectively. So I think given the discussion that we're having, one of the very important things that uh, we should touch on is that a couple of years ago, South Africa saw the introduction of a code of good practice on the prevention and elimination of harassment in the workplace. And certainly conflict dynamics has very often um, over the last couple of years been engaging with um, our clients and our contacts around this new um, code that is now featuring in workplaces. So in your experience, do you think that the code is helpful to organizations in dealing with matters such as harassment and bullying in the workplace? Vanessa, the first thing I'd like to mention is that it's quite far-reaching and wide-ranging. And I think a lot of organizations don't know how far it should go. They're not quite sure on how to update their policies and their procedures accordingly. And a lot of them have simply not done so. Sometimes when I get briefed to attend to a matter, investigate a matter, or mediate a matter, uh, the first thing I do is uh, request their current policies in this regard. And many of them have not been updated because I, I simply think people feel overwhelmed and they don't know where to begin in doing so. And I think this is where conflict dynamics and your extremely experienced staff and consultants would be of immense value and assistance to these organizations, right from re-looking at their policies, ensuring compliance with the code, and certainly developing supportive procedures and possibly even training and coaching for these HR practitioners in terms of developing a standard operating procedure of how to approach a matter when there is a complaint of, as I mentioned earlier, you know, racism, gender discrimination, harassment, bullying, etc. Because from what I can see in the world of practice, people do struggle with it because it's so sensitive and they don't necessarily have the level of empathy to be able to deal with it or the other hand, they might be so empathetic, but not be able to be assertive enough to, to uh, take the matter forward. So the code is there and it has been, I mean, if you look at the previous code, this code is certainly much more expansive and, and it does require organizations to do a lot more in order to be compliant. I would certainly agree with you on the absolute importance of updating company policy and procedure 
if indeed there were procedures, policies or procedures to start with on this um, important subject matter. And in fact, we at Conflict Dynamics are shortly starting some work with a large international corporate to create the awareness with their staff given that they have just updated and created brand new policy and procedure around this matter based on the code of good practice. So step one, I agree, would be making sure that policy and procedure is in line with the code of good practice. And step two is then helping staff, I would suggest, to understand what this is all about and to become aware of the basic risks in this whole area of harassment and bullying in the workplace. Siam, do you have any final thoughts for us as we bring our discussion about this topic to a close? I think, Vanessa, it's a case of, you know, being prepared. These issues make people nervous. They're very complex matters to navigate. By addressing an approach, a systematic approach, within organizations in an appropriate way, organizations can really prioritize diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and create a culture that does foster accountability and empathy where the organization can work towards a place of work where people do feel valued and respected. You know, saying that is one thing. Um, the organizations must be able to empower individuals within that organization in how they respond to these um, challenges that, that get faced, whether it's a, a complaint or a grievance, and know how to respond appropriately. Absolutely agreed. As we've said, and I think has been a, a thread through this discussion, is that this is a challenging and particularly nuanced subject matter that really is not in any way straightforward in terms of um, how the relevant role players approach it, deal with it, resolve the matter, put new policies and procedures into place. It's been um, enlightening to spend this short time with you, just uh, hearing a few of your thoughts about this challenging subject matter. I hope that as your work continues, that um, the impact that you and similar parties, similar consultants such as yourself, and indeed ourselves as Conflict Dynamics, I hope that we can begin to make a big difference in workplaces in terms of awareness building, what is this all about? Help people to understand how to, if at all possible, avoid these tricky situations in the first place. But if not, how to deal with them most effectively, most productively, and avoiding the issues that we've highlighted, such as the loss of good people or reputational damage to individuals, to organization. So, Siam, thank you so much. It's been great. And I look forward to another chat sometime soon. You're welcome, Vanessa. It's always lovely talking to you and the team at Conflict Dynamics.